You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Before we get into the show today, got to thank our sponsor, DraftKings. You've heard me talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all of the action. Now that you know how to play, download the top-rated DraftKings app and use sign-in code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings, a minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. In the last few days in the NHL, well, they've been hectic. Of course, the Seattle Kraken, now officially a part of the NHL. They've got their team, and with that, they had to take someone from the Edmonton Oilers, and they caught me off guard. Adam Larson was the pick. They reached terms with the blue liner on a four-year deal worth $16 million, and like I said, totally thrown off by this one, and it creates a huge hole for the Edmonton Oilers on their blue line. I mean, you look at the top pairing, Darnell Nurse, potentially Ethan Bear, sure, that could be good, but the second pairing is where I thought Adam Larson would be a great fit with Duncan Keith. You paid a lot to get Duncan Keith to this team, and right now, he doesn't really have a partner, and last season with Chicago, a lot of his struggles came when he was playing with a younger defenseman, and it's looking like that could be the case again this year with Adam Larson leaving. Those two guys would have had great chemistry together, and now the Edmonton Oilers trying to find somebody else to fill that role. One name that had been brought up was Jamie Alexiak of the Dallas Stars. Well, scratch that one out too. He's also going to the Seattle Crack, and Ken Holland will have his hands full now trying to complete the Oilers' defensive unit. Ken Holland, though, did sign Mike Smith to a contract extension today. Two years, $2.2 million cap hit for the 39-year-old goaltender who's coming off one of his best seasons. In fact, his best season in over a decade playing in the NHL. I think a lot of us would agree two years might seem a little heavy, but that's the way it goes sometimes. And uh, you're hoping Mike Smith can duplicate what he did last year. The one thing I will say for the Oilers' goaltending situation is that I think they do need to make a change. I think Miko Koskinen needs to be traded, bought out. Perhaps you're trying to bury him in the minors, although that's only going to save you a million dollars. But I think you need to find another goaltender to partner up with Mike Smith, whether it's through the trade. You know, maybe you're you're digging into free agency. Just somebody who can be here be a capable backup, and uh, maybe it's not even a backup. Maybe they're kind of sharing the pipes, and you're going with the hottest goalie available, but I think they do need a change between the pipes. One rumor we are waiting for confirmation on is Zach Hyman joining the Edmonton Oilers via trade. The member of the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course, he is an unrestricted free agent. The rumors are flying around like crazy that Zach Hyman will be joining the Edmonton Oilers. As I tape this on Thursday night at 7 o'clock, cannot confirm it. I would love to be able to break that news for you guys, but it's a podcast, and you would know anyways. But Zach Hyman, I think, would be a great fit for the Edmonton Oilers on the ice. In uh, 43 games last season, he had 15 goals, 18 assists. He's a hard worker. He can help drive a line, and 
he's a guy who I think would be a great fit on the ice for the Edmonton Oilers. He's 29 years old. If you believe the rumors, some say that it might be a seven- or eight-year contract. Now, that's where the problem comes in for me. I think the next four or five years, you're going to have a very good player with this team. But one thing we know is that father time is undefeated, and years five, six, seven, potentially eight, it might get a little bit tougher for Zach Hyman. But, hey, Let's look at it for what it is right now. You're bringing in a good player. We don't know what the cost is, but I think that's a very good move by Ken Holland and the Edmonton Oilers, helping out that top six and getting a guy who will be a worker bee. On the show today, we are going to talk to Zach Ling from Oilers Nation. We'll get his thoughts on the Larson deal with the Seattle Kraken. We'll talk to him about the NHL draft, free agency, Hyman, and all those sorts of things. We're also going to talk to Jared Brown. I had him on the show a couple weeks ago talking about the NHL draft. It was a really cool episode. He's going to hop on again one more time. We'll talk a little bit more about the NHL entry draft, which goes down Friday night. Also, we will talk to Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation. Jeffrey, of course, joined me multiple times on the show throughout the NHL season, giving you guys free advice on DraftKings, trying to help you win some money. We're going to talk to him about some end-of-the-season awards. Who was the MVP? Who was the most surprising? Who was the biggest disappointment? And what else can you do in DraftKings? And he's also going to share his thoughts on Zach Hyman. How will he fit in with the Oilers? Where is the best fit in the lineup? And what can you expect point-wise? We'll talk to Jeffrey Ulrich about that later on this show. But let's kick things off with an interview that I had with Zach Lang from Oilers Nation. We're now joined by Zach Lang. He's the news director for Oilers Nation as well as DFO Hockey. You can give him a follow on Twitter at ZJLang. Zach, thanks a lot for doing this again today. How are you doing? Hey, thanks, man. My pleasure. I always love hopping on with you. I'm doing good. You know, it's uh, super busy times here. Lots going on. Expansion draft. You know, trade freeze lifted today. So that's exciting. And Tons of stuff happening with the Edmonton Oilers, so it's a busy time to say the least. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll touch on a bunch of things here in this conversation, but let's start it off with Adam Larson going to the Seattle Kraken. It was a four-year deal worth $4 million per season. Uh, I think for some people, they were caught off guard by it. What was your reaction to the news when you found out? I'm not going to lie. I was pretty surprised by it. I mean, the Oilers have been in negotiations with Larson for a long time, and I'm really curious to know, you know, what changed. Obviously, we've heard, you know, reports that Larson just kind of wanted that fresh start and, and wanted that change of scenery. Um, to me, I still think there's questions to be answered there and, and what made him feel the need to have that fresh start. Um, Larson's been a huge piece of this Oilers blue line for a number of years. And uh, admittedly, he's a guy that I've been pretty critical of over the number of years. And I think, you know, a lot of that had to do with the, the, the asset the Oilers gave up for him in Taylor Hall. So, um, you know, I think Larson really came into his own, especially in the last year, two years, and uh, his presence on the blue line is going to be sorely missed for this Oilers club, and I think the Oilers are going to have a tough time replacing what he was able to do for them. So if if you look at the defense right now, obviously, you know, Darnell Nurse, your top-pairing guy, you probably have Duncan Keith on the second line. Who do you think would be the ideal partner for Duncan Keith now? Because a lot of us thought that if it's Adam Larson, you know, this pairing could be okay with him gone. The struggles at Chicago were well documented for Duncan Keith playing with younger defensemen. Like, what do you do to try to help him out here? Well, you know, you've got to try and replace Larson somehow. And I know a lot of people uh, have suggested David Savard being one. I think that's a decent option. But, you know, Savard also had worse underlying numbers than Adam Larson did last year. And Adam Larson's underlying numbers were next weren't especially favorable towards him. So I'm not necessarily sure if that's the way I would go. 
A name that's really jumped out to me in, in my digging is actually Mark Pisick. Um, he, he's a, an Edmonton boy that's well-known here in this community. Uh, and ironically, he's the one player off the 2012 uh, Oil Kings championship team that's had a really long NHL career. Um, and I think he's a guy the Oilers could target here in free agency to help fill that void on the back end. Is Pisic going to step in and do what Adam Larson did for the Oilers? No, he's not. But I think Pisic's a strong enough two-way defenseman that – He's a guy that can help Duncan Keith a little bit. And, and I think, you know, even going with a guy like Evan Bouchard maybe as a partner for Keith too because Bouchard plays a calm game too. And I think that's uh, maybe a bit of a difference from Bouchard versus the partners that Keith was playing with last year in Chicago. So, uh, you know, it's going to be tough. I, I don't know what the Oilers are going to do here. And I'm, I'm kind of on the edge of my seat waiting to um, waiting to see what they do because it's, it's a big hole to fill. And, and I think it's hard, too, because the Oilers weren't expecting to lose them, it doesn't sound like. So, you know, they have to pivot, they have to come up with a new plan, and they have to find a way to replace him. You know, two years in a row now, the Oilers have lost uh, top four defensemen. You know, of course, Clefbaum to the shoulder injury and, and the surgery that he underwent, and, and now Larson to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, let, let's stick with Evan Bouchard. I mean, because I, I think that's a very interesting case. Like, he might be the guy that, that hops on that second pairing with Duncan Keith. Uh, obviously, last season, 14 games played, 5 points total. Didn't get any into any playoff action, but a guy who a lot of people have high expectations for. Throwing him out there in that role, I mean, do you think that's putting him in a position to have success, or do you think you'd probably be experiencing some uh, some hiccups from him early on? Well, you know, I'm sure that you're going to experience some hiccups along the way with a guy like Evan Bouchard. Look, it hasn't been the easiest road to uh, success for a guy like Ethan Bear either, but the Oilers have given him uh, plenty of time and plenty of chances to succeed as, a, as an NHL defenseman. You know, Bouchard, I think, plays a cleaner game than Ethan Bear does. Bouchard seems to be more well-rounded. Uh, I think he's a really strong player in his own zone, too. And I think that's something that uh, has gone a little bit underrated in his game. You know, in the American Hockey League, you got to remember with the Condors, he played in all situations for them. So, you know, he was a power play quarterback. He was the number one defenseman on the team. He, he ran the penalty kill as well uh, on the back end. And I know for a fact last year the Oilers had spent some time working with Bouchard on his penalty kill skills. Um, so it would be an interesting fit there on that second pairing. You know, I'd be, I'd be more favorable to go into free agency and find somebody than, than putting Bouchard there. Um, I think Bouchard's a guy who maybe would benefit a little bit more from the third pairing role. You know, I think something we we got to keep our eyes on, too, is what happens with Tyson Berry here, too. You know, if, if Berry comes back, um, I'm not sure if that's going to be conducive to actually having a better defense next year. You know, remember, the Oilers didn't have any issues scoring goals. Offense wasn't the issue for the Oilers last year. You know, it was defense, and it was play in the own zone. Losing Adam Larson seriously hampers that, and Tyson Berry isn't necessarily a guy that's going to come in and provide you much, if any, value in the defensive zone, too. So I think uh, I think Ken Holland has his work cut out for him here. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think this is an absolutely huge loss for the Edmonton Oilers. And then at the same time, I, I don't know how many times you'd heard it, but a lot of people around my, me were kind of whispering Jamie Alexiak, well, yeah, he goes to the Seattle Kraken as well, so you, you don't have that opportunity to sign him. And I think you got a glaring hole back there on the defensive side. When you look at Ken Holland and what he's done, and, and this was a question that was thrown my way on another podcast, but how much confidence do you have in him to build a winner here? Uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Connor. I don't have a lot of confidence. Um, things have not necessarily been great for Ken Holland during his time in Edmonton. 
you know, obviously there was a big gap with the Athens CU deal last year. Um, there's a two-year extension for Mike Smith, which I'm not necessarily uh, against vehemently. I think that there's some value in there for the Oilers. You know, then on top of that, you've got to look at the Duncan Keith deal. I think this deal is one that the Oilers are probably already regretting. Take a look around the NHL. We're seeing defensemen that are still uh, quality defensemen, like Shane Gostas there, being traded uh, away with draft picks to clear up cap space. Um, the fact that the Oilers jumped the gun on trading for Duncan Keith um, by moving a roster player and uh, a draft pick that is conditional and clogs up another pick in, in 2022, as well as not having any salary retained, is a, a big fat loss for the Oilers. And, you know, I really don't care how much intangibles Duncan Keith can bring to the Edmonton Oilers. Um, he could bring the most intangibles in the entire world, and he could turn the Oilers top players into the most intangible players in the league. And as far as I'm concerned, it's still a loss for the team. You know, the the cap hit that Duncan Keith brings is seriously detrimental to this team, and I think it's going to hamper them a bit in free agency. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, no salary retained. I mean, that's going to be a trigger word for Oilers fans for a while, I think. And I, I kind of have the same answer when they ask me that. Like, I, I like Ken Holland, but... Uh, when he won all his Stanley Cups and was a part of a really good organization, it was a different time in the NHL. You didn't have a salary cap, and you could just bring guys in. And they, they had a real special thing built in Detroit, and he doesn't have that here. So I, I can't say I'm overly confident with him either. Now, another move that he's apparently making, and it, it's not official as we talk on Thursday, Zach Hyman of the Toronto Maple Leafs, a guy who in last uh, 43 games last season he had 15 goals. Uh, the year before that, he was a 21-goal scorer in 51 games played. He's got the ability to play with talent. We've seen that with Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. Assuming the deal gets done like we think it will, and let's just talk on ice for now, what do you think of it? You know, I, I don't mind it at all, actually. I think Zach Hyman's a really strong top-six player. You know, you look at his underlying numbers away from the top talent of the Maple Leafs. You know, we're talking Marner, Tavares, and, and Matthews here. Um, and Zach Hyman was still a player that drove play on both ends of the ice. Um, I think it's a really strong ad for the Edmonton Oilers. I think he's a guy who's going to provide um, some real good value up front for the Oilers. He, he plays the game the way Oilers fans like to see the game played. You know, hard-nosed hockey, he's going to get to the net, he's going to score in the dirty areas, he's going to help open up space for for Connor McDavid and Jesse Pugliardi too uh, on the opposite wing. So I think there's a lot of pros that come with signing Zach Hyman and he's a player I think uh, Oilers fans are going to love very quickly. So are you going to slot him on that top line there, like you said, with McDavid, Jesse Pugliarvi, then potentially your second line you can do uh, Leon Draisaitl with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I mean, the way you put it that way, I mean, the Oilers top six potentially looks pretty good. Absolutely it does. I think it adds a lot of flexibility to that top six. You know, the Oilers can go and play uh, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, and Pugliarvi on the top line if they wanted and run a second line of Yamamoto, Hyman, and Nugent Hopkins as well. Uh, or they can break up the big two and then go Dreisaitl, uh, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto on the second line. So I think it's a real solid ad for the Oilers. I think they should also be trying to target a guy like Thomas Tatar. Um cheap deal you could probably get them for something similar to what they did to Barry last year you know the three four million dollar range on a one-year proven contract I think he's a guy who could have a real solid bounce back here 
Um, and I don't even necessarily think he had much of a down year in Montreal either. So um, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of days and a couple of weeks here uh, in Edmonton to see what they do because I really think they need two top nine forwards here. Hyman obviously being one of them, and then Thomas Tatar or somebody else uh, of that ilk. Now, when you look at players that were with the Bakersfield Condors last season, is there anyone you think can make the jump up this year, potentially a Tyler Benson type? Absolutely. Benson's a guy I've been very high on for a long time, and I'm very happy to see uh, him remaining in the Edmonton organization. People always think Benson and they think bad foot speed, um, and they immediately tend to write him off. But I think people tend to forget that. He scored at nearly a point-per-game pace uh, over 160 American Hockey League games in the last three seasons. That's really strong, and and the NHL equivalency to that over an 82-game schedule is roughly 40 points. And that's not to say that Benson's going to step in and score 40 points for you right off the bat as a rookie in the NHL, but I think he's a guy that has an incredibly uh, high offensive IQ, and I think he's a guy who could come into the way in the bottom six and provide some offense from there. You know, I always look back when we talk about skating and players, and I think about Leon Dreisaitl, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when the Oilers drafted him, what was his biggest knock, Connor? It was his skating, right? He was a big, lumberous skater, and, and people didn't think he was very fast. When you look at the way that Dreisaitl's transition in skating into the NHL, it's actually become one of his greatest uh, skill sets is his skating. Yeah, he's still a little bit lumbrous, but he moves around the ice very well. I think a guy like Tyler Benson is somebody who could learn a lot from Leon Dreisaitl in that sense. And I think he's a guy that really should be trying to get into the top nine this year. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. And Leon Dreisaitl, he's somebody I've always looked at. Whenever there's an oiler who might need to work on their skating, I think go talk to Leon Dreisaitl. Figure out what he did in his offseason between, I don't know, was it year two to three? Because he came back such a better yeah. skater, and he, he worked on those things. And, you know, I think, you know, any oiler could actually look at Leon Dreisaitl as someone to try to modify their game after because how long did we talk about him as just, you know, oh, he's a great setup man. And then the next year he's a 50-goal scorer. So the guy who continually works on his game, hones his craft. Uh, yeah, that was a good point by you, Zach. Uh, Zach Lang joining me here on the Other Connor Podcast uh, from Oilers Nation and DFO Hockey. Zach, uh, obviously, as we talk Thursday night, we're 24 hours away from the NHL entry draft. Uh, the Oilers picking number 20. Uh, uh, technically, it'll be the 19th selection with the Coyotes forfeiting their pick. But is there any player that you would love to see end up on the Oilers? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of buzz around Sebastian Kosa here. Um, you know, an Edmonton Oil King that this market knows very well. You know, all the reports seem to suggest he's a guy that can become an elite NHL goaltender. I think the thing for the Oilers is I don't know if he's necessarily going to be there when they get to pick 19-20 overall here. Um, and in that case, I'm not really sure if there's any other top-end talent that jumps out to me. Of course, you got to look at the fact that the Oilers don't have a lot of draft picks this year or next year. So if I were the Edmonton Oilers, if, if Coastal wasn't there, I'd be very comfortable with looking at a trade-down, uh, especially to somebody like Arizona, I think. You know, they've got seven draft picks between this year and next year's NHL draft, and they're looking to get more into the first round. Uh, they're looking to build out their prospect pool, so... I think that's a team the others could look at for a, a trade down in the first round. Zach, thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate you hopping on. We'll have to get you on again later on in the summer when uh, free agency passes and we get a closer to the 2021-2022 season. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great stuff from Zach Lang of Oilers Nation. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at ZJLang. 
And as always, we appreciate him hopping on the other Connor podcast here discussing those Edmonton Oilers. Let's keep the conversations going. We're going to talk to Jared Brown now. Give him a follow on Twitter as well, at JaredBrown97. He's the head scout for North America at Draft Prospects Hockey. You can check them out at Draft Pro Hockey. And we had Jared on the show, I want to say about a month ago, looking ahead to the NHL draft. It's finally here. We had to get him on one more time to talk about the Edmonton Oilers and what they might do in the first round and beyond. Here's that conversation right now. We now bring in Jared Brown from Draft Prospects Hockey. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at JaredBrown97. Jared, thank you again for joining me here on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me back on, Connor. Absolutely. Glad to do it. And uh, if people miss it and they want a great breakdown from the draft, uh, a couple of weeks ago we talked about it. I'm going to throw that back there on Twitter because the the information you gave me was absolutely outstanding. We talked about options for the Oilers at 20 as well as 116, 180, 186. And I wanted to get you on, uh, you know, the day of the draft just to get your thoughts on, you know, has anything changed? Is there anyone who's rising in the boards, maybe dropping down the draft boards for the Oilers picking here? Uh, before you had said Cole Sillinger, you had Matthew Coronado. Uh, anyone that you think maybe their stock is rising right now and the Oilers might be considering? Well, I, I think right now for, for anyone whose stock is rising at, at number 19, and I think uh, I may have brought him on last time or brought him up last time was Brennan Offman. I, I think Brennan Offman is a guy who definitely could go top 20 now. I think I'm seeing more and more scouts and teams uh, like him uh ahead of some of the other players that I, I had ranked above him. So I, I think Othman is someone that is just so, you know, competitive in his nature and, and what he brings to the table. It's, it's such a great goal-scoring threat, too, from the wing and, and net, net front presence guy. Uh, you know, I had him around the, the mid-20s, but I think if he was to go at number 19 right now, I, I wouldn't uh, – that wouldn't be uh, an issue, really, and Oilers fans should be uh, really happy with selecting uh, such a great character guy like Austin. Is there a position that you think, especially right now as we are you know, 24 hours ahead of the draft, as you and I have this conversation, that is really strong and, and you know, you'll have the most, de- most depth there? And, and, you know, let's face it, when there's a position and the depth isn't really there, you'll see kind of teams jump and rise and, and maybe grab a guy a little too early. Is there anyone out there or any position group that you think is just loaded with depth? I would say probably the the defense group, uh, especially in the first and, and second round. I think you know you have the the top three, even top four uh, star defensemen that are projected to go in, uh, in Owen Power, Brant Clark, Luke Hughes, and, and Simon Edmondson. And then when you go throughout the uh, the rest of the the first round, you have a couple other Western Canada boys and Carson Corson Coolmans and and Carson Lambos. Uh, I think there are a lot of good defensemen, and you know you may see teams trade up for uh, for those defensemen, and and or even trade back down uh, if uh, some of their defensemen are slipping uh, in the second round. I think he, there's a lot of good options: Owen Zellweger, uh, Scott Morrow, Jack Pert. Uh, so I would say the defense in the top two rounds is, is, is pretty deep this year, um, and, and even and even going down the list even more. Uh, you know, I was kind of 
surprised with how many defensemen I had ranked. And it's kind of funny because I feel weird defense uh, or uh, ranking a bunch of defensemen beside each other. And I'm, I feel like I should include a forward, but there's just so many good defensemen available that, you know, they're, they're, they're worth being there. Now, just with the uncertainty around some of these guys, because obviously, you know, you don't get a chance to go in and watch as many, the OHL not playing games. I mean, is there a potential that this draft could be very unpredictable and, you know, maybe you're finding steals later on in the draft and potentially even an increased amount of busts going forward, like the first or second round? I think so. I think it, it's more so than than ever, uh, than any year. Uh, it, it's it's such uh, unpredictable year, not just for you know the later rounds, mid rounds, but even the first round. Like, the, the the matter of fact, like you said, we haven't been able to see some of these players and, and some of these OHL players. You know, would make you believe that you would see a shortage of OHL players being drafted. Um, or you're going to see, you know, the OHL players that do, that do get drafted that didn't play a game this year become into steals. And, you know, the reason being is, well, you didn't get to see them at all this year. So you may not draft some of the guys that, you know, maybe were projected to, to go pretty high or, uh, or in the, let's say, even in the mid-rounds, rounds two to four, they may slip to rounds five to seven. And, you know, you're going to take them because you have more of a book on players in rounds two to four because you actually got to see them play. Uh, but that those those OHL players that you get in the later rounds could turn into steals just for the matter of fact that they could have progressed really well. And, you know, they could have been top-line guys this season in the OHL, but we, we will never know. So I want to get your thoughts. I mean, how would you approach this? If you were a team, you had a maybe, I don't know, let's just go make it easy, uh, a pick per round. Is this a year where you might try to load up and get a few more selections just because you think you might have someone who you can develop and maybe only slipped because people didn't see them? Or are you on the flip side where you think, you know what, I'll trade away some of my picks and load up next year when my scouts can actually go out and watch them? I'm always a proponent of trading down to acquire an extra pick. I think the more draft picks and more players you draft increases your potential to find a steal, increases your potential to find someone that, you know, maybe got looked up or or looked past, right? You know, you you look at some of the 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 steals of of past drafts and, and, and we can always go to Tampa Bay who just won the cup and Braden Point falling in the third round or or um, even uh, Andre Palat, who fell in the seventh round, right? I, I think the value in trading down to acquire an extra pick is is really valuable, more so than trading up for a player you really want. Because at the end of the day, if you miss on that player, if you if you miss evaluated them, and that turns into a you know a bust of a pick, then you didn't. Uh, you just trade away an extra pick for a guy who who flamed out. So I, I think the more chances you have to pick a player in the draft is better, and that comes down to your scouting staff doing their due diligence and and getting to multiple regions and and uh, being comfortable uh, taking players from from an assortment of leagues. So I I I wouldn't I would actually not part or or. I wouldn't target this draft as 
a reason to trade up or down. I would treat it as, as the same draft as I would have treated it any other year. Just, you know, I know it's a very different one, but don't let that break from maybe your philosophy. Jared Brown joining me here on the Other Connor Podcast as we set up the 2021 NHL Entry Draft, which is going on Friday night. Now, the Oilers select number 20, but the number 11 pick to the Coyotes has been forfeited, so you're going to get the 19th pick in the draft. Uh, Jared, let's say the Oilers wanted to look to find that winger for Connor McDavid, that pure finisher. Is there anyone who you think best fits that mold in that position, like someone that would be actually a realistic opportunity for them to select? I think if you're looking for a player to 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 be in that position to assist Connor uh, on the uh, the top line, you're probably looking at someone like Matthew Coronado from the Chicago Steel. Uh, just a, a hardworking player that has that competitive edge to to go and grind out pucks for McDavid, um, but also has the finishing ability. Uh, to complement Mick David's playmaking ability as well, right? I think, you know, it seems more and more likely that Sebastian Costa is not going to be available for, for Edmonton at number 19. You know, I saw reports today that he may now be, you know, or Chicago is considering him at number 11 and they've had talks with him. So I, I still think at number 19, if Costa is available, that Edmonton should take him. But for, for if, if he's not available, then you're looking at goal-scoring help, like you said. And I think Coronado fits that bill really well. I, I also like Isaac Rosen as another option. I think, you know, he's another guy who has a, an unreal shot right now, um, NHL-ready type shot. is He's really good in transition, great hand. But I think he has a bit of a uh, high-risk, high-reward type of uh, – he, he's that type of player when it comes to that pick. I think, you know, there, there's a potential for – for being a bust because he, he's very, you know, uh, he, he's creative, but he plays the game very risky. Uh, there's a lot of mistakes that can happen with the way he plays that it may, you know, may not fly at the NHL level. So he could either turn into a, a top six producing winger in Isaac Rosen, or he could turn into a, a player who just doesn't really pan out and he flip-flops from the AHL to the NHL. So let's say Kosa is selected in the first round by the Blackhawks. The Oilers hypothetically wanting to address their goaltending situation. They don't have a second or a third round pick. They do have a selection in the fourth, sixth, and the seventh. Is there anyone who you think would be available that could be that project type guy with a higher upside? Well, one guy available that I, I really thought he should have been drafted last year, and I think, you know, it would be a mistake to to have him go undrafted again is James Hardy played from the Mississauga Steelheads in the OHL um, obviously not playing a game this year which is going to be interesting to see how an overager goes in the draft but I think this is a guy who you know he can he can produce uh, at, at any level because of his offensive IQ I think he's so good at finding holes in the offensive zone and in transition um, and, and I think, you know, this is a player that really can thrive with the puck on his stick, and he can beat a goalie from distance or, or, or in tight, uh, roofing it really quickly. Uh, I, I think, you know, he's a player that you just take your time with, and he could turn out to be a steal because he, he's a really hardworking player, 
he's got a great work ethic, and I think he's got a little bit of underrated skill set. So, if he was to go undrafted again, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be shocked, honestly, as I, I just think you know he's too good of a player, and he's got too much potential to become a top nine forward uh, and give you uh, goal scoring depth uh, on your middle in your middle six lines. Like, like I really envision James Hardy potentially becoming a 20 goal scorer so you know we'll, we'll see obviously what NHL teams decide to do with him this year because he didn't get to play a game this year and weren't able to see how he progressed but I think he has the makings if you are patient enough to, to become an NHL player in whatever round you draft him. Now Jared my final question for you I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here give me one bold prediction for the first round that you think might shock hockey fans when it happens. Wow, that is a <laughs> that is a good question. Um, you know, I really hope we have another um, Columbus Blue Jacket random pick as we did last year when they drafted the Russian that you know a lot of people just didn't really have. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Or actually, honestly, if there was any year for it to happen, it would be this year. But I think you know. My my boldest prediction is probably Wallstack going second overall to uh, Seattle Kraken. I just think that goaltending position is so valuable, and and you you know I, I talked about it, I think last time I was on the show uh, that you need a you need elite goaltending to get you by in the playoffs, and I think Wallstack's got that potential to to be that type of goalie and, and, and help you win a cup and give you 16 wins because he's so dialed in and, and how, you know, mature of a goalie he is. I think, uh, the, the crack and I, I think will surprise people and, and pick him second overall where, uh, I don't see a lot of people thinking that's going to happen, but I'll, I'll leave on saying that's my, uh, my, my big one. I love it. Jared, thanks so much for joining me again today. Really appreciate it. You guys do great work. And uh, those of you who want to check it out, Draft Prospects Hockey at Draft Pro Hockey on Twitter. I highly recommend you check them out. The guide you guys have is awesome. Thanks again. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me back on, Connor. Great stuff from Jared Brown. Give him a follow on Twitter at JaredBrown97, the head scout of North America. For Draft Prospects Hockey, you can also follow them at Draft Pro Hockey. They've got a great guide up for grabs. And if you're listening to this on Friday morning, I highly recommend you grab it. You do some research so you know exactly what the Edmonton Oilers are getting with the 20th pick in the 2021 NHL Entry Draft. If you're listening on Sunday, still get it. You know, you can take a look back at some of the picks, you know, the later round selections, get an idea of what the Edmonton Oilers are getting themselves into, or any other team in the NHL. Really appreciate Jared hopping on the show with me today. One last interview to get to here on the Other Connor podcast, and it's a guy that's been on the show quite a bit, Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation, talking about the NHL, the Edmonton Oilers, daily fantasy hockey. He was on all the time during the regular season. I wanted to get him on one more time to give away some end-of-the-season daily fantasy hockey awards. Who is the MVP? I think we know who that one is. But who is the biggest surprise? Who is the biggest failure? We're also going to talk to him about Zach Hyman and where he might fit in with the Edmonton Oilers. It's Jeffrey Ulrich at DraftKings Nation. Give him a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. Jeffrey, thanks a lot for doing this today. How are you doing? 
I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for having me back on. Yeah, good to get you back on. Uh, we took a little hiatus due to the uh, playoffs wrapping up, and you know, I, I think hockey with DraftKings would have been a little bit tough, but there's still some stuff we can talk to. Of course, the Kraken starting up, the Oilers making a couple moves, but before we get into that, I, I just want to ask you about some maybe some DraftKings year-end awards because some people were really surprised some were disappointing so i wanted to get your opinion and just uh, discuss that one so for my DraftKings award i want to ask you and it might be obvious but who was your mvp yeah i mean i, I guess the the very very obvious answer uh is, is connor mcdavid i mean just from a points perspective i mean the guy just showed up every night i mean it, it like rarely were you Super, super disappointed from from Connor McDavid. Um, I think that if you get, uh, you know, you, you want to look and get a little bit more creative. You look at things like, you know, what what their production was to price and and, and things like that. I think there's a couple names we could look at. I mean, uh, Kirill Kaprizov on on the Minnesota Wild. I think definitely deserves a shout out. I mean, this dude seemed to score in like every game towards the end of the year. His price never really got up there except towards like maybe the very end of the season. So I think Kaprizov. Uh, deserves almost as much respect just from what he did from like a price per dollar standpoint. Um, you know, again, very easy to, to roster compared to McDavid, who you really had to choose between him and guys like Austin Matthews. Um, and Matthews deserves a shout out too. I mean, 41 goals. Obviously, goals count for more in daily fantasy scoring, but uh, when it all boils down to it, the most consistent player was Connor McDavid. And, and again, I, I think the best bang for your buck, at least in forwards, uh, was Kaprizov. Now, how about biggest surprise? Who who was someone that maybe at the start of the year you didn't think would be quite as valuable as they became? Yeah, I mean, again, you could point to uh, sort of a lot of different players for this. Um, I think Jason Robertson, definitely, from the Dallas Stars, was a huge shout-out. Uh, another rookie that, you know, I, I kind of had my eye on Robertson at the start of the year, and, and I mean... I did talk about him a bit, but even I'm surprised by the production we got towards the end of the year. I mean, this, this was, again, a player who was even cheaper than Kaprizov for much of the season. I mean, we're talking like 3900 on DraftKings kind of thing, and uh, there was a point where he was basically a point-per-game player for a long stretch, so I think he deserves a shout-out. I think uh, Nikolai Ellers on the Jets deserves a shout-out. Uh, missed a few games there, but was a very consistent point producer. Uh, I think a guy like Tyson Berry deserves a shout out too. I mean, I, I was expecting more from Tyson. I was expecting a decent season from Tyson Berry, but uh, from a fantasy point production standpoint, he was basically, you know, as good as he can get for, for on defense. So uh, those are three guys that really came to mind quickly. I think Robertson being the biggest surprise for me. Now, probably award an award that nobody wants to win, but who was your biggest letdown when it came to daily fantasy hockey? Yeah, I mean, in the shortened season. I don't want to say like there was nobody that let me down big time, but there was obviously, uh, you know, a few different uh, guys who, who maybe didn't come through. I, I'd actually say David Pasternak is probably up there. Um, I know he had some stretches, but he also had some stretches where, you know, if you paid up for him, especially when he came back from injury, it wasn't really that good. So, um, you know, I think Evgeny Malkin, another guy whose you know, um, season was really hampered by injuries. I think both those guys uh, pretty underwhelming just in terms of fantasy production. It, it is one of those years though where you know there wasn't there wasn't like a huge bust like a, a guy where it's just oh my god this guy was so so bad. We had a few guys go down with injuries like Malkin obviously really didn't perform, but it kind of felt like one of those years where we got really good fantasy production from the guys we were expecting to. Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation joining me here on the Other Connor podcast now. 
There is something a little bit unique, and we've got an expansion draft. The Seattle Kraken now a part of the NHL for the Oilers. They lose out on Adam Larson. I want to ask you, looking at this this group right now, for our fantasy purposes alone, is there anyone on that you think is going to be maybe improved from this or or just given a better opportunity, maybe going to be worthwhile next season? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, whenever there's a, a new team being put forward, like there's there's opportunity. I mean, there's guys who, you know, maybe just weren't getting the kind of opportunity they were in their uh, in, in their old digs, right? So. Uh, Yanni Gourd is a guy I, I really like in the Lightning. I was really surprised they kind of made him available. Uh, he's probably going to be thrust into some kind of top six role, it looks like. I mean, I think where where the, the Kraken did very well was, was on defense and in net. I, I think their forwards definitely, they're going to be lacking the the kind of upside that, that you want from like an elite team. But um, Callie Yarnock, uh, or sorry, Yarncrock uh, from the Predators, another player who, uh, I really like as an all-around player, probably going to get like quite a bit of a power play time and, and top six time as well. We've seen him in a power play time, uh, power play role, excuse me, um, for uh, for Nashville before. So I think that's another forward. The guy I'm really uh, interested in, in how he's going to perform is Vince Dunn uh, that they got from the Blues. I, I, I've always liked Dunn's game. It feels like uh, it was a player that I was kind of hoping the Oilers would get, quite frankly. And um, I, I feel like if you look at this, how this defense uh, is set up, I think both uh, Vince Dunn and Jamie Alexiak, uh, guys who could really take a step forward. Uh, Alexiak, uh, I mean, another player I would have liked the others to get, quite frankly. I think one of those two guys, Dunn or Alexiak, really going to take a step forward and potentially be like someone you can rely on for fantasy purposes, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Vince Dunn. A couple great years to start off his career, and then the, the production kind of slipped a little bit. But, you know, even last year, 20 points and 43 games. I mean, you'll, you'll take that any day of the week. So that, that's, that is a good one to watch out for. Now, uh, a couple things for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, it was announced today that they've re-signed goaltender Mike Smith, two-year deal, cap hit of $2.2 million. You and I, I think, were on the same page to start this year that you probably didn't want to go near Oilers goaltending for daily fantasy sports. And Mike Smith might have changed a few opinions with that one. How confident are you going into next year for Mike Smith, knowing he'll be a year older? You know, I mean, we should give Mike Smith some credit for sure. Obviously, he had a terrific year, and, and he did change his, his game and, and his preparation a bit. And I think I think he deserves a shot to come back. I mean, I, I I am of the opinion I'm absolutely fine with Mike Smith in your goalie rotation as long as that's not it. As long as you have someone else to rely on uh, in case you know a, a age catches up to him. It, it really just someone else who you could potentially carry the load with. I mean, we've seen a lot of successful goalie tandems in the NHL work out. You know, Carolina was one. I think the Oilers need to take that stance where they need to invest in this position. Uh, it it can't just be Mike Smith. Like, it's got to be Mike Smith and someone else. Um, I, I would be very afraid that, that this will blow up in their faces if they're just trying to rely on Mike Smith for a full, you know, 82-game season as well. But... I, I really like the way he remounted last year, and, and I think he's got at least one where you left in him. We have seen goalies, you know, play late, you know, even into their 40s and be high end. But um, the cap hit is good. You like that. It's just there's got to be something else, man. Like, at least in my opinion, there's got to be a, a guy to ride shotgun with him who can carry the load as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. A final <laughs> question for you today, Jeff, and I, I have to ask this one, Zach Hyman. It's not official as we tape yeah. this on Thursday at 6, 11 p.m. Mountain Time, but... 
a lot of people saying it will happen and we just have to worry about the contract and the term and, and see how that one goes. But as a fantasy hockey player, I mean, this guy's pretty solid. He's got the ability to play with top end talent. We saw that last year with Marner and Matthews. What do you think he could do playing for the Edmonton Oilers? And would he be somebody you're looking to get into your lineup? Uh, maybe that, that line stacking with McDavid, if that's where he is. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, I'm not even going to touch on the contract because it's not finalized. If it's seven years, it's it's probably too long. But um, as far as a daily fantasy, you know, potential, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a guy who scored, you know, 21 goals in, in 51 games uh, in 2019-2020. Um, you know, the the shot rate has, has been there. And then, look, shot percentage is one of those things that could come down. But for Zach Hyman, I mean, it has been he's, – he's an elite shooter. He's a very efficient shooter with the puck. This is the kind of player you would like to have with Connor McDavid. Absolutely, uh, I'm, I'm of the opinion like it's it's not a bad guy to go after for sure. It's just what is it going to cost you, and it, you know, it, is it like boom or bust with this guy? Because it does seem like that's what the others are doing. But you know, they need they need some kind of secondary scoring like this. So I think the player is definitely the right type of mold. I, I'm okay with it. It's just. What is the length going to be? What is the, the commitment going to be? But if you look at his shot percentage and now who he's going to get to play with, potentially, really, it doesn't even matter which line he's on. He's, he's going to get to play with one of the two, three best, four best playmakers in the league and, and McDavid or Dreisaitl. Uh, the potential for Zach Hyman for Daily Fantasy is going to be big next year. Now, hockey's over, basketball's over. Of course, we've got golf and baseball. NFL will be here right around the corner. What are you playing to keep you occupied during this time? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, look, golf goes all through August. We got the FedEx Cup playoffs. We got the Olympics coming up, so that'll definitely uh, take up some of my August. But I mean, preseason NFL football, Connor, you got to get in on this, man. I mean, you got you got to follow the beat writers. You know, get on DK Nation. Uh, we'll give you as much updates as possible on who's playing every day. But preseason NFL football is not to be overlooked. Uh, it, it is fun. You really got to know who's going to be getting the starting minutes and, and the starting, especially at QB. But uh, you can you can start grinding daily fantasy football as early as uh, you know at the Hall of Fame game. So um, August will be preseason football for me and and some golf. That that actually sounds really fun. Like it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you're starting Trey Lance instead of Jimmy Garoppolo because exactly. he might play the second half against lesser competition. I might have to get into that one. And and if I do, I'm going to get you back on the show to talk about it. Jeffrey, thanks so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, anytime. Thanks a lot. Great stuff from Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation. Give him a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. And like what he said about Zach Hyman, uh, the more we've talked about it here on the podcast, the more I hear about it, the more I like it on the ice. We'll wait and see what the contract is. We'll wait and see what the return is. But I think if it happens, it's going to be such a great addition for the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club on the ice. That's what I'm just going to say, on the ice. And that is going to do it for us here on the Other Connor Podcast. Got to thank all of our guests, Jared Brown, as we preview the NHL entry draft, Zach Lane from Oilers Nation, as well as Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation. I appreciate all of them hopping on. I appreciate you guys for tuning into the show today. It means a lot. My name is Connor Halley. Make sure you give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. One more time, DraftKings, big shout-out if you are going to sign up with DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN. That's THPN. It stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. Also, one more thing before we let you go. We're doing a giveaway here with the Hockey Podcast Network, and it's very simple. All you have to do is check out my Twitter page, at Connor Halley. I've got it pinned to the top of my page. We're giving away an official wood jersey from Wood Jerseys. These things are really cool. 
Really, really cool, and it's very simple. All you've got to do is go to my Twitter page, follow me, follow at Wood Jerseys, and retweet my tweet. That's it. And then you can pick up a free Wood Jersey. They're very cool. Highly recommend you check them out. Very simple. Go to my Twitter page, follow me, follow Wood Jerseys, and retweet. You'll have a chance to win it, and that would be awesome. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Big thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. We'll talk to you next time on the Other Connor Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.